0: Welcome to Can We Talk? Taxes, trustees, and entrepreneurs. Certified public accountant Carol Felsing shares her years of expertise with you to help you make the best financial decisions possible. She founded Felsing LLC in 2013 after years of experience working in national, regional, and local firms. And now, here's your host, Deborah Hendrickson, and of course, Carol Felsing. Our topic today is how does a business get ready for tax season? As a former small business owner, I can share with you that finding that perfect financial partner made all the difference in growing my business. Like it or not, tax season is creeping up on us and business owners need to be ready. It's always a stressful time, but if they are ready, the anxiety will be greatly reduced. We are now beyond December 31st and many taxpayers year-end, but what can a business do to get ready for tax season? Be organized. Be organized. Review financial statements in General Ledger,
1: understand your tax filing deadlines, answer those questions in the organizer or the tax software. Don't forget those expenses that can be done after December 31st.
0: Okay. So you've talked about a couple things to me and I'm like, you know, I'm a business owner, I'm really confused. So what should I be looking for in those financials and general ledgers and just what is all that? Well if you review
1: your general ledger before you give it to the CPA, a couple things you need to look for. Does the cash balance on the balance sheet agree to the bank reconciliations? If it doesn't, that means you've probably missed some deductions. Does the account receivable that you've listed, are all of them collectible? There's no sense in paying taxes on receivables that you're not gonna get. And what about inventory? Do you have some old inventory that's not worth what you originally paid for it? If so, we need to write that down or write it off. The business owner should really take a hard look at his financials and make sure either he or someone on his staff has gone through and looked at it to say that reconciled cash balances is what's reported on his financials? Has he looked at inventory to make sure that the inventory is a good number? Often, some of your inventory may be worth less than what you paid for it, so you'll get a deduction for that. Are all the receivables that you've recorded, are they all collectible? Because if they're not collectible, we need to write them off. No sense in paying taxes on income you're never gonna receive. Credit card statements. I follow the credit card expenses been deducted for even for a cash basis taxpayer? Even though it's a payable, you still get those expenses that are on a credit card, unlike other payables. And then you need to make sure your personal items are segregated out of the, the financial statements because that does take time. If you don't do this before you take it to your CPA, if they have to do it when they get the books, a couple things are going to happen. Either your bill is going to be a lot higher than what you thought it was going to be, or you're going to get a tax return that may not be correct because your account underlying accounting isn't correct, or you're, everyone's just going to get frustrated with the whole process. In, in addition to the general ledger, one of the things I encourage our clients to look at is their depreciation schedule. Sometimes you get it when you get a tax return, a lot of clients don't. So they have no idea the fixed assets they bought over the years. So we do ask our clients to go through that list of fixed assets and say, do you still have these? If not, we need to write them off. So we get a deduction for writing it off, and it not only helps on your income taxes, but for local tangible taxes as well, because you no longer have that fixed asset you're paying tangible taxes. For.
0: That would be really helpful to a small business if you did ask those questions of them. I think. If someone had asked me those questions, I could have done a better job. Well, and I don't don't know what
1: fixed assets they still have. It's a partnership. We've got to work together on this.
0: So are there any other additional deductions or credits that I should be looking for?
1: I often find time with small businesses, especially those starting out, that the business owner think his left pocket and the right pocket, That's all the same thing. So they're they're traveling for business. They have a personally owned car. They're using their personal credit card for a lot of the expenses. I would ask them to please try to use just a business credit card so all the expenses are on that one credit card and we can capture it that way. But what about cell phones? He's probably on a family cell phone plan. So somehow we need to capture those expenses that he's paying personally and get the business to deduct it. Stuff like business mileage. If they will turn in an expense report reporting all the business miles. He gets reimbursed for those miles. It's not taxable income to him, but the company gets to take a deduction for it. Same thing for reimbursement for cell phones. Same thing for reimbursements for internet service. Same things for travel and meals that he's incurring on his own personal credit cards. So why not get the deduction? Because it's kind of tax-free money to him. We really thought when COVID came out this year and they were making some of these updated rules that we would see something about home office for people, employees working from home. Right. To date, we've not seen anything allowing employees to deduct office in the home. Right now, the only people that can deduct office in the home are those self-employed workers, your what we call the gig economy workers, contract workers, and oddly, partners and partnerships but not employees and not S-Corp or C-Corp owners.
0: So you mentioned um, in one of our podcasts about uh, working in another state, if you're working from home in another state and having to pay some of that state taxes.
1: And the business needs to know because their W-2s and unemployment is based on where that employee works. So that's been a big item of contention with a lot of the states because they know a lot of their employees are working elsewhere and they're losing that unemployment income. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about deadlines because we've got one coming up. Is the tax deadline for a business the same as for an individual, which we know is April 15th?
1: actually no. Partnerships and S-Corps first deadline is March 15th. Now that can be extended on to September 15th, but that means that all the partners in those entities also have to extend their personal returns to go along with it. My suggestion is make sure you know your CPA cutoff time for those. A lot of the CPAs will say if you bring it in to me after say February 20th or March 1st, depending on how busy they are, we can't get your tax return done by March 15th. We will have to extend. So know those deadlines so you're prepared to deal with either getting the return. Filed or getting it extended. And if you plan on being out of town when your CPA has the information, <laughs> please make up some kind of arrangement so they can get in touch with you to get the questions that they may or may not need. What's going to happen if I can't get it all done by then? Well, you would extend and you can file a timely extension and that can be done either electronically or by paper. You will have to pay any taxes due with that extension. Typically, a S corp doesn't have any taxes due, but it is occasionally they do. But the problem is if you don't file a timely extension by March 15th, there's a penalty for the S-corporations. And For this year, it's $205 per shareholder per month. Pretty extensive. So you need to make sure you get a timely filed return.
0: So what are some reasons? If I can't get it done and I'm going to do that extension, what are some reasons why I would want to extend that return?
1: If you haven't had the time to devote to getting a good return done and getting the information to the CPA, it's always best to extend because you would rather extend and prepare a correct return Hmm. than to amend the return after it's filed. Or the business owner has K-1s that they're getting from somebody else, and they just
0: can't get that information in time to get it done. So I'm a small business. I think I'm pretty organized. But is there anything that I I need to do to make sure that I've got everything that you need?
1: It's great that you're organized, and it's great you're on time. But so often, people just don't like taxis, and then they procrastinate. Procrastination is your own worst enemy because at that point, then you keep pushing it off and pushing it off, and you wait to the last minute where you miss things. As much as you hate to do it, just set aside the time and, and get it done and get an early start. You really need to have a good software program helping you organize. Organize this in a concise manner. Putting it on Excel spreadsheets or putting it down on a yellow pad is typically not the best thing either for your CPA or for you because often things get missed if it's not an accounting software that can give you a synopsis of what everything's for. And make sure the worksheets the CPA gives you get complete for things like research and development credit. There's things that you need outside of what's in the accounting software. Make sure you have your current partners, all their names, addresses, and social security numbers because if they move and you don't know that and the CPA doesn't know that, they may send a K-1 to the wrong address, which is not not a good thing. Um, And non-deductible items, make sure those are all denoted aside too. Things such as life insurance or penalties or political contributions, those aren't deductible. You need to segregate those items so the CPA knows not to pick them up. And what about owner's compensation? On the tax returns, that's a separately stated item, and so the CPA is going to need to know that. So make sure those things
0: outside the general ledger that they have to do the tax return. I've been reading about this employee retention credit. What is that, and what are some other things that I need to know about the pandemic and how it's affecting my tax return?
1: The employee retention credit is a big one, and we just recently had a change on that. Previously, we thought if they applied for PPP money and received it, they weren't going to be entitled to the employee retention credit. That's not the case anymore. If your income did have a decrease, they will be able to go back for last year and get that employee retention credit on their payroll tax returns, and they extended it on till this year as well. So make sure whoever's doing your payroll returns, they know to grab that retention credit for you and go back and get an amended return for it. Also with net operating loss, recently they said, okay, if you had a loss, like a lot of our clients did this year, you can take that loss and take it back five years to the years you had income and recoup some of those taxes you paid in those years. So that could be a big one because previously we only had the option to carry forward. So that's gonna save some people some money as well. They expanded the depreciation for qualified improvement property. Previously, if you made leasehold improvements to commercial property, you had to expense that over 39 and a half years. They dropped that down to make it 15 year property, which then entitles you to bonus depreciation or special depreciation, which you can write off the whole thing. So make sure you tell your preparer that, hey, these are leasehold impro- improvements that qualify for that automatic write-off. So three big things, employee retention credit, net operating loss carry back, and a change in
0: qualified improvement property depreciation. There's a lot to remember this year. So Carol, is there anything else a business can do to reduce their tax bill?
1: It's really hard after the end of the year. There are a couple things that you can do, such as retirement plan contributions, such as some charitable contributions. Some businesses can accrue expenses if they're on a, a certain method. But often you need to do that prior to year end. And I really suggest businesses meet with their CPA at least once a year prior to year end, so they can help them do some things, such as are there any fixed assets that I sh- they should buy prior to the end of the year to get that special write-off? Should bonuses be paid to the owner so they make sure they have enough income tax withholding so they don't have penalties on that? If you're having a really bad year, should you stop salaries being paid to the owner so you don't have to pay the payroll taxes on it? Should a retirement plan be adopted? Should my inventory be adjusted? A couple things that can be done before the end of the year that you lose if you wait till after the end of the year.
0: So it sounds like to me the key here is getting assistance from accounting professional.
1: Yes, the time you spend with your accounting professional is not only time to get your tax return prepared, but also make sure you're getting the support you need to get good financial records and get the best tax advice and pay the lowest amount of taxes. Be organized, review your financials and general ledger, understand your tax filing deadlines answer those questions in the Dreaded Organizer, and don't forget expenses that can be done after 1231.
0: Well, thank you, Carol. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thanks again for listening to Can We Talk? Taxes, Trustee, and Entrepreneurs. Thanks for listening, and join us next time as we continue our conversation with Carol Felsing, partner with Felsing, LLC. You've been listening to Can We Talk? Taxes, Trustees, and Entrepreneurs. Please rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Connect with us on social and submit any tax related questions to info@felsingcpa.com